0: Let's turn our attention uh, to this story now. And Biodata has become the first South African company. And they've received approval to conduct observational research, uh, which is aimed at uncovering the opportunity to replace opioids uh, with medical cannabis cannabis in uh, the management of chronic pain. Dr. Shish, Shish, Shishka Gallo is a medical director and CEO at Biodata and the principal investigator of the study. Uh, Dr. Gallo, good morning to you and thanks for your time today.
1: Hi, good morning, Kathy, And thank you for having me
0: and to all the listeners. Let's talk about this study that you are going to be conducting. What is it and for what purpose?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's a very exciting time for South Africa. We actually got the former ethics approval for the first medical cannabis study. We're going to be looking at uh, how can we replace opioids using medical cannabis for chronic pain management. Because um, currently, you know, opioids have a you know vast range of side effects uh, with addiction and overdose. So we're looking at alternatives and how we can help people to manage pain with a much safer alternative.
0: When we talk about opioids, what are we talking about?
1: So opioids are basically um, medicines, you know, you can get, like, for example, codeine over-the-counter. Other examples include your morphine, oxycodone, um, things like that that are used to help patients manage chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Normally patients that have, uh, you know, cancer or autoimmune disease such as multiple sclerosis, you know, they are prescribed these medications for this pain management. Um, and unfortunately, it comes with a plethora of side effects.
0: The conversation around using cannabis for medicinal purposes has been ongoing for a long time. What role do you think research like this is going to play, especially for those who say that it is incredibly useful and have been proponents for the deregulation of its use?
1: Yes, I think it has, you know, it's going to have great value for every single patient, especially every single medical professional. Look, it is the first study, and we're running it as an observational uh, study due to costs. So it will definitely give us some indication of how we can actually replace opioids with uh, medical cannabis. So what's important for me is to, you know, have solid evidence within the South African population where medical professional doctors that now prescribe, um, you know, uh, pain management medication will have the option of, you know, here's evidence showing that medical cannabis is a safer alternative. Let us rather prescribe this or ask the patient what they would prefer as well instead of opioids that are so addictive for those patients. Mm. So I think that is where I see it, you know, going for the future.
0: What do we know about the current use of medicinal cannabis, uh, especially within the medical space? Look,
1: uh, Kathy, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that has been uh, published, uh, you know, showing the, the, the great effects that cannabis does have on the human body. If you look at the endocannabinoid system and how the cannabinoid receptors work and all of that. However, there are published studies as well that have proven that medical cannabis can be used for pain. I will give you an example. The first ever um, medical cannabis drug that was actually approved was Sativex, And this was actually used for patients diagnosed with neuropathic pain for multiple sclerosis. Because the normal uh, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that are called the NSAIDs and the opiates never really had any effect to help these patients with pain. And so there is definitely published evidence as well as anecdotal evidence. And I think, you know, you can see now with deregulation in other countries, especially with Africa, where we're allowing, you know, patients to grow their own, make their own medicines. We Mm -hmm. also have a Section 22C license where people can apply, grow. So, you know, we're heading in the correct direction, allowing patients with use.
0: So I think that's great. When it comes to the research, do you know yet how you're going to be conducting it?
1: Yes, uh, I can just quickly go through it. So we're going to be uh, conducting, a, it will be a mixed-method approach using quantitative and qualitative study data. We're going to have a sample size of 1,000 patients. We have um, three study sites, and we're going to also be recruiting patients and providing information on the study on our labatt Africa stores based in Willowbridge, uh, harsebier Dam, Anschlanger, and Malrose-Arch. Uh, So patients will, you know, sign up for the study. There's inclusion and exclusion criteria, which we can go through. It's also online on www.biodaterresearch.co.za. A doctor will then look at that application if the patient is included in the study. Once they're included, the doctor will then make sure all their informed consent and correct uh, questionnaires are filled in. The doctor will then prescribe the specific medication for the patients. We're going to be using both medicinal flower as well as oil. Uh, so, you know, based on the patient's preference, the doctor will then discuss it with the patient and then uh, prescribe uh, whichever, you know, oil or flower for that specific pain disorder. Uh, for the oil, we're using a Section 21 process via Sapra, and then, you know, for the flower, we're using Sapra-registered um, medicine uh, as well with uh, Section 22C licenses. What will happen after that, for a year, the study will run, uh, Kathy, and then patients will be asked to fill in questionnaires. We are using WHO uh, questionnaires called a brief pain inventory to establish the pain uh, levels if it's been increasing or improving, and if we can, um, you know, decrease the opioid score these patients, and then also the quality of life EQ5D uh, questionnaire, which will also show us, has the quality of life actually improved, you know, with these patients uh, comparing it when they were on opioids to cannabis. Mm.
0: One of the main reasons why this research is being supported is, again, due to the global increase that um, is, is being seen when it comes to the dependencies and the, and the addiction uh, where opioids are concerned. When we look at how cannabis is generally used in society, A country like South Africa, especially among uh, young people, sometimes deals with very high numbers, depending on which community you're in, high numbers of young people who also are battling different addictions uh, related to cannabis. So do you believe that the use of cannabis is going to reduce the numbers and as far as the addictions are concerned, especially for when it comes to the use of medicine?
1: Yes, 100 percent. You know, you cannot equate cannabis with the addiction of that, of your heroin, cocaine, also your opioids as well. I'll give you some stats for example. Mm. Caffeine is sitting at a 7 percent addiction rate cannabis is sitting at a 9% addiction rate. So if you can drink coffee, you where way sitting. Your nickel, um, alcohol, sorry, is sitting at 20%, and your nicotine is sitting at 30%. So, you know, the myth about cannabis being addicted is you know, actually not true. We actually use cannabis to get patients off addiction, not with opioid addiction, uh, as examples. Because, I mean, you know, we have such huge, um, enormous deaths, you know, with opioid use uh, with, due to the overdose. So definitely cannabis can assist, um, you know, helping these, these young uh, adults get, you know, out of this uh, addiction to other drugs, uh, definitely. When,
0: when, when you conduct this research, are you also going to be looking at the measures in terms of how much? Um, how much medicinal cannabis one is being given to treat a particular uh, to treat a particular uh, patient, so that coming out of the re- the research, you'll also have uh, suggested doses. That because often when people are self treating, that can also be one of the big challenges.
1: Yes, hundred percent, Kathy. You know, we've looked at a lot of published evidence and we've tried to work out what we think would have been, you know, a great dosage for chronic pain, especially with our cancer patients and autoimmune disease. And obviously the doctor will prescribe based on that. So we'll definitely be monitoring the dosages. Mm. Um, And, you know, as each doctor prescribes, and we're going to be definitely looking at all of that and then taking that data as well at the end to come to a conclusion with regards to dosing. And also with cannabis, you know, it's very difficult uh, to dose compared to other um you know pharmaceutical medicine because the dose will be dependent on that specific patients um you know toxin levels endocannabinoid levels and all of that so it's exciting to learn all of that and we'll definitely be uh, publishing uh, the dosage and what we found in those results as well
0: i imagine that there, there'll be a lot of pharmaceutical companies that are looking closely at the research because this could open a whole new window of possibility and opportunity
1: Yes, no, 100%. You know, it's exciting, you know, to, to look at other alternatives and also give patients, you know, options if they want opioids or, or pharmaceutical meds or cannabis or whatever. So I think it's really going to be exciting because, you know, the allopathic medicine definitely has its place, um, and so does cannabis. So I think everything will fit in as we get, you know, further information, further research is being conducted. I mean, as you know, Cathy, in South Africa, uh, medical cannabis has been used, you know, for centuries in the traditional uh, doctors, you know, for in traditional doctors in our traditional, um, you know, areas in Pondo and all of areas, you know, where we've been using it as a tea or to steam. So the evidence is there that it definitely does assist. You know, now we're just bringing it more, you know, according to separate regulations out into the market where we have specific dosing and specific regulations regarding the safety of that specific medicine that's dosed for each
0: patient. We're going to continue the conversation with uh, Dr. Shiksha Gallo, who is a medical director and CEO at Biodata and is the principal investigator of the study. We'll be looking at then uh, some of the ethical requirements when it comes to conducting research of this nature.
1: Here, there, and everywhere. CFM 106.6 FM in
0: We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're looking at new research that is going to be undertaken particularly looking at medical cannabis as a potential replacement for opioid Oipo- Oh, <laughs> okay, my tongue is just like not, not playing along right now. Opioids um, in, 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 when it comes to the treatment of chronic pain. Dr. Shiksha, Shiksha Gallo is with us this morning and having this conversation with us. And she's the principal investigator of the study. Dr. Gallo, let's talk about the question of ethics and what is governing that space in terms of the approach of this research.
1: So, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Kathy, we are doing an observational, uh, study. So when we're doing an observational study, you have to still get ethics approval. So we've, uh, applied with pharma ethics, which is the body also that governs, you know, ethics in South Africa for any, uh, human clinical trial that you are conducting. And, um, you know, it's important that, you know, when we, we are, when we are granted our, um, pharma ethics, it took, us, it took us at least a year, you know, to write up the protocols and make sure we get all the correct documentation, the doctors in place, the sites in place. And it has to comply with the guidelines for good um, GCP, which is good clinical practice, you know, to conduct clinical trials in human participants. Um, If you're running a randomized uh, clinical trial, which is double-blinded, then we have to get separate approval for that specific uh, study. But, you know, due to cost... We thought, let us rather start with an observational study. Um, mm-hmm. And then building on that observational study, we go to double-blinded, randomized clinical trials, which is more specific uh,
0: individually on specific ailments as well. And who's paying for this research? Uh,
1: so this research has been uh, funded, you know, for all the ethics and all of that by Labatt, uh Africa, LaBusse Healthcare. And, you know, due to the vast costs of this uh, research, we put together a crowdfunding, a crowdfunding model you know, which is used in the U.K. and the U.S. as well, you know, so we can at least get some evidence based on South Africa. So there's a crowdfunding initiative together with Labat Healthcare we'll be uh, funding the study at Biodata.
0: All right, Dr. Gallo, I'm going to uh, take a call from Anonymous in KZN. Anonymous, good morning.
2: Good morning to you, Kathy, and to your guest, mm-hmm. um, uh, Dr. Gallo. So I'm just asking uh, one question. I've, all of my neighbours around me are... Uh, growing this uh, harvesting and uh, growing and harvesting uh, cannabis leaves and they boil it and drink it whether with honey or plain, but they boil it and they all think they're feeling nice after they drink it but I'm scared to drink it because says um, <laughs> I don't know I haven't <laughs> drunk it and I haven't smoked it so I really am scared. So is there any, because I said it's not uh, uh, you know it says for internal external use only and not for internal use because it's got something in it that affects you internally. So some of them got a heart bypass. They say it's good for them, and some they got asthma, asthma you know, and other uh, illnesses. Mm-hmm. They said it's helping them, but I'm not. But they are, my neighbor, my dad's neighbor is growing and harvesting, and boiling and drinking. So, and my, um, many of my neighbors are planting it.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, but
2: I don't plant them, and I don't drink them, and I don't smoke them.
0: Okay, you. you I, so I just want to ask you, you the doctor. You haven't put your, your, your hand up for uh, that feeling, nice feeling that you've been told about. Uh, I don't from know your how go- I don't
2: know how it's going to feel in each one's body, but I mm. won't take it. Mm. I won't take mm. it until I know it's clearly pro- proven for internal use.
0: Okay, Doctor Thank Geller. You.
1: Uh, so, yes, yeah, so, yeah, to the caller, thank you for the question. No, drinking it in tea is absolutely safe. Remember, cannabis is a plant. It is much safer than you know the opioids that you have over the counter that's synthetically made. As I mentioned, it is definitely used for internal use. It's been used for centuries. Um, however, I wouldn't advise you know smoking, uh, smoking it if you have lung issues and you're not sure of the THC content. But if you're going to take the leaves and then, you know, blend it in a tea and then have honey, you sh- it's, that's 100% safe. You know, people also use it, the leaves as a salad. It's only when we uh, decarboxylate the molecule and then extract it into an oil and it, the THC actually becomes active. So your THCA, um, which is a psychoactive part, gets, you know, converted into your THC, which is the active component. Um, so it's 100% safe uh, to the caller to drink the, the cannabis leaves with honey in a tea. That's 100% safe.
0: Let me go to Makohonolo in Bombela. Makohonolo, good morning.
3: Hey, very good morning, Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, um, we really acknowledge the research on the cannabis and uh, I think what is very important, we're also encouraging uh, more research into other African plants which can actually uh, produce this uh, pharmaceutical medication. It, does assist, it gives uh, people choices and uh, who knows, KP? if maybe we had a you know, a COVID vaccine from one of these uh, uh, African plants, probably maybe 100% of South Africans would have been vaccinated by now. And there's also a lot of plants like the Moringa and all those thick mm-hmm. kind of plants. We encourage research into that. But one other thing, uh, we also, we, there can be a lot of marketing uh, of these uh, African uh, pharmaceutical products into the international market so that we can actually brand, uh, increase or build the brand and also attract the international uh, pharmaceutical markets as much as we also buying from these international pharmaceutical companies i think that will assist them all, all
0: right all right Macaronolo. thanks for that contribution i'll get uh dr Gallo to also weigh in in a moment let me uh, quickly take this call from scully you're calling Can us you from durban hello scully
3: hi katie thank you for taking my call to level on you and thank you for the guest katie i thank you for the guest i just can't get her name in my tongue man. Um and I, I really appreciate and, and, and thank her for, for doing what she's doing. That this is long overdue. A terror investigation about cannabis because cannabis has been the has been used for centuries, you know, by the Chinese, by the by the by the eastern countries and and it, it it's used for 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 many purposes, you know, medicinal purposes. And we only getting to know about it now, you know, a few years. And uh, um, I just wanted to thank the doctor for for really digging into it.
0: All right, Scully, thanks thanks for calling in and for sharing that view, uh, Doctor Gallo. Don't know if you want to weigh in on what our callers have had to say.
1: Uh, thank you so much, uh, you know, for the good comments. Uh, just to go to the previous caller, you know, uh, it's, it's, you he's know, it's, it's very, you know, correct, and, you know, we've been using it for centuries. You know, in India it has been used, you know, uh, today as Diwali as well for the Indian population, when Lord Shiva used to use it to, to reach meditation, that's Chinese medica- med- meditation, um, medication as well. And then in South Africa, as a traditional uh, medicines with our causes uh, as well, you know, used. So it's definitely will help us in the economy as well. Besides being used as a medicine, we can make a very inclusive, Kathy, where we can include, you know, farmers as well, also the traditional doctors that have this knowledge, start to uplift, and, you know, I like to call it uh, wealth creation and not poverty. Where we look at how we can use cannabis, which is probably for the African as well, you know, we have this, we have the great climate, the topography and everything that we need. Uh, we don't need to go put a lot, fake lights, or that we have the beautiful sunshine. You know, so how can we make it more inclusive and help help us to create wealth in our beautiful country to uplift our economy and having medicine that's actually so great that we can use, you know, for ourselves and the rest of the world as well. So, yeah, that is what I would like to add from the listeners.
0: What you're saying is very important in terms of the already existing knowledge around the use of cannabis including when it comes to the treatment of uh, chronic pain but perhaps that is done by traditional healers is there any way that you are going to be looking at some of what they may provide even as anecdotal evidence to uh, also inform part of the research that you're, you're conducting
1: Yes, 100%. Um, Kathy, I'm also an African traditional doctor as well. I'm also trained, you know, under a shaman and try to understand, you know, the other side of medicine, not, not just the western side of medicine, but mm. the eastern side of medicine. I'm also the Ayurvedic doctor as well. So combining this great um, insights that these traditional doctors have, I'm definitely, you know, communicating with them, gaining more information, and, you know, we would love to run more, uh, like the, the previous speaker, um, lady spoke about, you know, cannabis leaves, just juicing it. I mean, that alone gives such great benefits, just from the leaves itself. Every single part of the plant has such great benefits, even the roots, which we found can help with regeneration um, of, you know, osteoporosis or any issues that bone issues that patients have. So I am definitely already have started that process of, you know, working with the traditional doctors. Uh, there's an ANHA body as well as the um, IPASCA Ethnomedicine body that I've been working with, and the traditional doctors in the cannabis industry as well as the co fan who are also very. Really um, you know, knowledgeable about medical cannabis as well. So I've definitely been including, as I said, I want it to be inclusive. As well as our great Pondoland people in the Eastern Cape, we have been growing, growing this for years and using mm. it as a medicine.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm definitely looking at a very inclusive approach.
0: All right, fantastic. Uh, Dr. Geller, will wait to hear what the outcome of this survey is going to be, at least in the next 12 months. You said it's going to take 12 months to complete, hey?
1: Yeah, we're looking at a one-year period if we need to go over. It depends if we can actually recruit the 1,000 patients and keep them on, you know. Um, Mm. So uh, everything will be dependent on on, on how things go. But we've applied for a a one-year and a a limit of 1,000, recruitment of 1,000 patients as a sample size.
0: All right. Let's leave it there for this morning, uh, Dr. Shishka Gallo, Medical Director and CEO at Biodata. It's 11 o'clock, and Musa has your latest update.